Yeah, 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 yeah. Making her way to the mic. They start dimming the lights. You start feeling alright. From Birmingham, home of the Teddy Longs and the Ruben Studders. More once you discover. For all of the lovers, Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns. For all of the lovers, Mickey James and Marvin Gaye. For all of the lovers, and Sasha Banks, Janelle Monet, Silk, Sonic, and Paige. Allow me to say. Look, I just found a place we'd escape For every one of us I was kinda late Cause I just made it off the struggle bus Walking by the fate Cause I know it's right in front of us Yo, I ain't with the hate Gotta focus on what's great Ladies and gentlemen Steph Hardy is on the air Had to drop a couple bars Just to make you all aware So, sit back, relax, enjoy the show You know I go by Joe or the rest of wrestling podcast live vibe with your girl stephanie hardy and of course i am not alone i am sitting with someone who i absolutely admire and someone who i have had the pleasure of meeting in new york with all of my adventures that i had in new york last year oh my gosh but thank you you know if you are watching live on all platforms thank you for watching i see people in the comments already you know piping in and stuff like that so thank you but i am sitting here with a special person. She is CN Dole. She is a honorary wrestling girl for those wrestling girls. Of course, if you love that platform, those groundbreaking women. And of course, she is the founder of The Well Minority, which prioritizes mental health in black and brown people. So let's welcome CN Dole. How are you? I'm doing good stuff. Firstly, I am like beyond humbled that you had all these wonderful things to say about me that I was about to say about you, but I am, I'm so honored and I'm so happy to finally chit chat with you and be here with you. I feel like this is a long overdue because we've been talking about us even having this conversation for a long time, but I'm just way too excited to be here. Way too I'm excited to really be here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. Like, we've been back, we've been talking back and forth about it, you know, for a while. But, you know, scheduling and life and stuff. But I am happy that we are able to do this. I know. You know, I'm, I'm so excited. So, yeah, I have to start by asking you, when did you fall in love with wrestling? Let's see, my earliest memory, honestly, we're talking probably like 12 11 years old. I want to say that I want to give away my age. Jesus Christ. I want to say <laughs> I want to say definitely like early middle school like we're talking probably 7th grade. Um I got to watch my first uh Smackdown episode cuz when Smackdown like debuted on TV and like I always joke around like I was a poor immigrant kid with like no cable. So all I've heard of Raw was like all the schoolboys talking about like what was going on raw and blah blah. And I'm like, oh, oh, wrestling, like who cares? Like this is not like the this is that's stupid. That's boy stuff. But then I also have like a younger brother who was also into it. So SmackDown debuts and I'm watching it, just seems like it's the most exciting, electrifying thing going on. And then all of a sudden I see I don't see a lot of women 
at first I'm not gonna lie, I'm like, okay, again, it's like typical male stuff. But then I see like this trio of like awesome people. They like ripped out in rock clothes and they come out in their head banging. And I see this chick in the middle and she's like sporting like a high thong with like fiery red hair. And for some reason I'm like, who is this? And why am I like, why am I like so like focused on her? And then I'm watching a match and I'm watching her like, take her legs, jump off the top rope, swing around some guy and just like lay him out like on the floor. And I'm just like, wait, who is this person? And I find out it's Lita. So Lita was first, like my first real big draw into wrestling. So with that being said, I was like, okay, maybe there's something I can get into. And there's like a lot more people. Like I saw Jacqueline was on TV at the time. Um, The Rock was like, kind of like, I'd already heard about The Rock a lot. So people were just like, oh, the rock is this and the rock is that. And I'm just and I'm just like, okay, let's see what this is all about. And it and I didn't realize it really turns like a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. Until at one point I was like, I realized that I did not want to go out on Thursdays. Like I had to make sure the homework was done. Cause you know, like I said, I come from an immigrant background. I had to make sure the homework's done. I had to make sure that, you know, the dishes were washed and all that stuff before I can even get into watching. It just became like an annual thing for me. Mm-hmm. And then like everything else followed, I guess, smoothly. Like my parents started realizing I was watching it. They weren't a huge fan of what was going on. Cause you know, it was still like peak at like post ads who error into the ruthless aggression error. Cause like mm-hmm. the draft and everything happens. <laughs> but all in all, like my parents were like, listen, this is what you're into. And it's not, you know, I can I say the, I can't say the D word on here, but it's not like, you know, drugs or mm-hmm. booze or anything like that, then they're okay with it. So that's pretty much been it. And then um, I took a bit of a hiatus cause I was trying to like be, aspiring high school graduate. I always joke about that because I was like in school studying really hard and it fell back and I couldn't really watch. And then I got back around circa college because I had college friends that were also into it. And these were like the friends that would go to like, oh, blah, blah, blah. We heard that this show is happening in South Jersey. Don't you want to come with us? And I'm like, wait, people are wrestling in the indie circuit. And um, they're like, yeah, yeah, there's like all these guys. It's called Ring of Honor. Like, let's just go to this show and let's just go and like, it's going to be fun. I'm like, no, the re- only wrestling that I know is WWE. So fast forward, it ended up being a trip to Philly. Oh, wow. I told my parents I was going to the shore. And then they're like, oh, where are you? And I'm like, um, I'm in Philadelphia. And so, so they were just like, why are you all the way down there? But oh no, my first real Ring of Honor show was actually 10 times better than any thing I ever saw on TV. It was a small community of people. And the love kind of just grew from there. And then people from Ring of Honor started going to WWE. And that's a whole other story. But yeah, that's that's pretty much how it all started. Just me. Yeah. Having a hobby. <laughs> I love how it started with SmackDown because that's literally my favorite show. Oh my I God. love the blue brand. And another deeper reason why I love the blue brand is because SmackDown is the show that comes to Birmingham the most. Mm-hmm. Like we did just have a Raw this year, but that was the first Raw in I believe six years. 
Um, but we literally, SmackDown is literally the one that comes to Birmingham the most. And that is my show. And I just love it so much. So I'm glad that you actually got into it via SmackDown. And then you got into it via Lita, who is just like legendary. Mm -hmm. And the Hardys, you know, who are my brothers in my head. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> deep down inside, you know, they don't know it. But, you know, either way, they, they know it. They know the spirit. That's always yeah, say, they know it. They feel it. <laughs> Somewhere they feel that someone is claiming them. But either way, you know, it's really cool that you started off that way. And you actually got to go to a Ring of Honor show. Yeah. Like, I remember back then, I didn't even know that Ring of Honor was a thing. Like, I remember finding out about Ring of Honor through CM Punk's Pipe Bomb. No, I remember the last, I was at one of the shows he actually had. And again, this is me exposing the hell out of my age. I don't care what anyone thinks. I was actually at a show where he had, um, he was kind of like trolling. He was kind of, I call it like the troll effect where he was just like, he got, he picked up a mic. And I don't think this is recorded. He picked up a mic and he was kind of like, he was like, hey, I'm in Philly. Thank God. The only time that I'll be back here is when I have the title on my belt. Like, he was already predicting he was going to WWE. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know. They were like, he was playing the heel very well. But he was actually having these really good, like, end-of-tier matches with Samoa Joe. He had tag teams. Yeah. He had tag teamed with a lot of people. Like, him and Cocomana weren't. They weren't tag teamed as much back then. But they were, like, still coming together. Like, Cocobana would still be in the ringside on the attack, that type of thing. Um, it was just, like, a really interesting time. Like, a lot of talent that a lot of people know then. Like, I remember when Jay Lethal was a big deal back then when he was there. And it was just, like, a really fun time. Like, I've, I've not been to one bad Ring of Honor show. The, the Another good Ring of Honor show that I went to was the... I, I remember experiencing the, who the heck is this El Jericho guy and why is he so good in the ring? Who we'd also known as, like, Sami Zayn back then. But the way that people loved him, because... The way I don't, it was just like that same spark. Like the way people love him now is the same way they loved him then, which makes me so excited about him being tag team champions with Kevin Owens right now. Because that was like the series of the summer, and then you had like Tyler Black, who's there. We all know about you know Seth Rollins, and it's just like a good crop of talent from Ring of Honor that was just like I would turn into WWE, and I'd be like, what is this? Okay, whatever. I'm going to a, a Ring of Honor show later, so this stuff is like, weird. but. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people like I if I would say I'm like a silent member of the internet wrestling community because that was also the age of like hard dirt sheets. So like if you were someone who was bored with WWE content, you were either looking for like backstage news or you were trying to see like who the heck is coming, who's the who the heck can possibly come to WWE. That's where it all started. From yeah. in my opinion, like the wrestle the wrestleinc.coms and all that. And Thumbler, Thumbler was the biggest thing. Like I was there in the age of Thumbler for all those who know. Like if you weren't getting your news from the dirt sheets, you were finding out from fans who went to these shows, these independent wrestling shows, and it would end up on Thumbler. So that also I was a part of all that. But again, I was very quiet because it was not. We're going to get, I know me and you going to get into it because you already understand that it, it was not the easiest thing being a female wrestling fan. But at the time, like, Thumblr and, and Twitter and Wrestle Inc. and all the dirt sheets were kind of like my, okay, this is my quiet time. So. 
Yeah, that's insane to really think about because it's so funny you br you're talking about the transition time of when those superstars from Ring of Honor were mm -hmm. going to WWE. It's so insane to think about because I believe me and my daddy were having a conversation about AJ Styles when he was fighting God. Seth Rollins for the title this past weekend mm -hmm. and how a long time ago he even said in interviews that he felt like WWE wouldn't accept a person like him. But yeah. then you had somebody like CM Punk who sort of came in and sort of knocked down the door for people like Brian Danielson and a mm -hmm. Kevin Owens and a Sami Zayn to be, you know, on top the way that they are. And they don't necessarily fit like the aesthetic of what a superstar used to be, you know, kind of like right. buff people and stuff like that. You know, no shade to those people because, you know, it takes a lot, you know, to build that type of body and that type of athletic but everybody isn't that way and I really feel like Ring of Honor really is a huge reason as to why wrestling does look the way that it looks now and why even places like NXT exist too the way that it does even though of course it started as FCW you know it did transition into NXT where you saw people like Seth Rollins and um like Kevin and Sammy you know get exposed to us on the WWE side and like mm -hmm. I said like for me I was only watching, you know, the WCWs and the WWEs at first, not knowing how vast wrestling actually was when it came to the independent stuff. And mm. it was because of CM Punk, you know, that let me know about stuff like this. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is what's going on. This is okay. And it's right. Just, and it's just insane to think about, you know, it's almost like night and day when you think about how wrestling has changed since then. Like, when you look at who's on top. It's crazy you say that because, like, I kind of laugh to myself because, it, and this goes back into history of, like, ECW, right? I actually remember ECW, like, even before the whole invasion angle had happened because there were rumblings about it. And, it, like, I have family in Philly, so, like, you would always pass the arena that they were in and just see, like, lines of people outside. And right. I'm looking and I'm like, what are these people going there to watch? And then, like... My cousin, and shout out to my cousin, uh, Yahweh, because he used to watch ECW heavy. And we didn't realize the connection until we got, like, older. And he was like, dude, you have to understand, like, the stuff that WWE wished they could do in the Attitude Era was happening in ECW way before people knew about the invasion. And he was showing, yeah. like, all these clips of all these radical things that were happening. And people so crapped on the ECW, right? Like, like a lot of people, like, Jerry King Waller hated it. A lot of people hated it. Fast forward, it quiets down and the same like stuff is happening in Ring of Honor little by little, but people are obsessed with Ring of Honor now because like, remember we're in a transitional point to where nothing was left except for WWE, like ECW is gone. WCW is gone. A whole lot of the territories have been, have been mm -hmm. taken and brought in to literally one big focal, which is WWE. And so when Ring of Honor starts showing back up and um, you hear about OVW being like the Midwest's solution, like basically the, the start of, I call it NXT. And then you also hear about FCW, which was kind of like Mayshift created, but also a great way to like bring back that feel of what Ring of Honor really is. That's what I, that's what I always looked at FCW. When you heard about FCW show and you look the quality and everything, you're like, okay, this reminds me of like a Ring of Honor show. Like it reminds me of an OVW show because the way it was set up and everything was that. So people, people try to get away from the image uh, or the way that 
the territories and everything traveled, but then they were slowly bringing it back up. So like mm -hmm. Ring of Honor was kind of like my FCW. And then you just to hear the excitement of, okay, um, and it and it's sad because both those, all three of those companies don't get the much credit um, that they deserve at all because it's like no at the back then everybody was like we're gonna watch a baby and that's it but it's like well no you you like can we get something else over here like i'm so happy that we're finally i want to say we're back to territory normalcy because you've been up here in new york the new york wrestling scene is going is going to be something that's completely different from like say something in st louis or say something in like I know Louisville is back up on the map. I know Miami is trying to get back on the map. I, even let's go out of countries. California has its own like thing going on. Puerto Rico has its own thing going on. Mexico is on the hugest rise. So it, it that's I think what makes it exciting for me is like it's not only a WWE thing anymore. It's a wrestling thing now. So whereas like again the only thing I had to watch was SmackDown and I discovered this little show happening, this one time show that people are making a big deal in Philly. And now it's like more options now. So I I wish these like things would get more credit. Like this, it takes something small to make something big. And so you wouldn't have Tyler Black if it wasn't for Ring of Honor. You wouldn't have CM Punk if it wasn't for Ring of Honor. You wouldn't have like even the school for you wouldn't have Trinity if it wasn't for FCW. Like WWE contractor or not, you should like you wouldn't have Sasha Banks if it wasn't for her going up and down California, you know, being Mercedes. So it's just all these things that I always try to appreciate when I'm watching WWE. It's like, okay, it's not just to say, oh, I knew this person when it was an independent mm -hmm. circuit. I'm like, look at where we are now. So where it's not like they have to sit here and make makeshift talent. It's, listen, this person has a buzz, but we can make them a superstar. Let's roll with that type of thing. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So was there ever a point while you you did mention that there was a hiatus that you took um but before you took that hiatus it seemed like you were incredibly passionate about it you know and mm -hmm. you're very passionate about it now clearly so was there ever a point where someone tried to give you a hard time or someone tried to bully you because you were a wrestling fan Gotta take a sip of water before this hold on <laughs> uh -oh. and it's the smart water too mm -hmm. <laughs> That alka alkaline five point nine point is it nine point five? Oh yeah, with antioxidants too. I had to make sure. Um, and I'm gonna be as nice about this as humanly possible. It wasn't so much the people from the outside. It wasn't so much like my family knew. Like if I if I was if it, if I was in the house on a Friday night. My even my mother would joke around and be like, "Oh, okay, you're still watching wrestling," and I'm like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Oh, okay." And then like you get the breeze by of like my mother going, "Oh God, like why is he getting beat up so hard? Like don't he know?" Like she watched <laughs> Jeff Hardy jump from the Titanatron at one point, and she was like, "Why is he jumping so high?" So you know, shout outs to moms for getting it. Um, and it wasn't so much my friends because again, I have friends that were just like, "Oh, you're going to watch people like beat each other up? Cool. I want to get in the fray." That was never the issue. The biggest issue came from people that you would think would be excited that you've entered the community, and I think you've gotten it before. That are just like, "Well, what do you know?" Like, and it's so bad. <laughs> I've had to defend myself in a silent matter when I talk about something, but it's just like you get attacked by those people who think.
that you don't know anything. Like, it's just like the, oh, like I say, I'm a fan of Lita. And they'll ask me like, what was the very first place that she wrestled? If I don't say like the exact location of like where in Mexico that she trained or who trained her, like what teacher at Howie Funk School or Ace Steel's wrestling trained her. Like if I don't do that, it gets really ugly. And it's like, it got to a point where it was like, I was excited about the whole Divas era thing happening because it was like, again, it wasn't that many women. We had gotten spoiled by the Jazz, and I was a big fan of Jazz, Ivory, Jacqueline, and Trish, and Lita at that point. And then you had the Divas coming in. So I was like, okay, now they have women that could both do wrestling and do, you know, modeling and be pretty and be successful. Like, I was a big, I wanted Michelle McCool to win. Um, the diva search so freaking bad. It like made me so upset that she didn't get to the finals. Like no, no shade on Christy Ham, but it was just like, no, Michelle McCool had that. Like she had it. She had the total package to me. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it was just like, again, we're in the age of internet where like you go and you see this stuff online and it could get really discouraging. Like I'm the type of person that is just like, if I don't like something, I tune it out real quick. Like if I don't like how you like, you're coming at something with an unpositive approach or unlike, let's look at this way and this way type way, I'm tuning you out. So like just seeing all the stuff that was going on with the internet community, with a lot of things that happened, like it, it, it ranged from like the way that they were talking about women on the platform to how people were treating Lita. It was just like a lot of things that just started slowly dismotivating me. And it's sad to say it was dismotivating me because it was like a really exciting time to be a woman. Like the first time I ever got to like actually be able to find a way to watch Raw was Trish and Lita's main event match. So it was just like, as, as the same time I should be excited. But then again, you get on the internet and you see all these negative things. And then I have to hear from the people that are fans of it as you get older, they expect you to be like the Marion Webster of wrestling, which right. I'm not. I will admit it. There are some things that I get fat checked on. There are some things I'm glad to be fat checked on. Like if the say, for example, we just talked about Ring of Honor. If I've never gotten to see like Mike Bennett wrestle and they tell me, well, he used to wrestle Ring of Honor a lot. I can go, okay, well, he he has. I've seen the footage, but I, I just was not there. So but then there's people that just take it to the extreme. Like they have to be the end all be all. And again, I'm so turned off from that. And also if you haven't met me, met me, those who know me know I got a smart ass mouth. So like, I'm a type of person that I will, I will literally annihilate you with words. Like the Taurus in me will literally have to clear her throat and like find a ways to bring you back down to the, to the ground. So in order for me to prevent doing that in this type of space and instead have a better energy, I was like, you know, I'm just going to take a fallback. Like, let me just, let me just do what I have to do. You know, I was trying to get into like a real expensive college. I was trying to get into NYU at the time. So all my focus at that time too was just focus on being in college and I could do whatever I want, whenever I want, say whatever I want. And just wrestling just happened to take like that little back burner. But again, it was always me tuning in little by little. Like when I heard CM Punk had got signed, I was like, okay, he, I, there's no way for us to watch OVW here in New, in New Jersey, unless you stay up to like three in the morning. So it was like, okay, obviously if I catch that, I catch that. Um, and then like WrestleMania every once in a while, I look at the card and I'm like, oh, who's on it? Like I, I tuned in for Trisha's last match. 
I tuned in for all these things, these great things that were happening. So it was like, okay, I was in and I was out. I wasn't as passionate. But again, if it wasn't for like independent wrestling and going to these shows and seeing all these things happening, especially with women, um, mostly with women, I would have never gotten back into it. And I also have to give my college friends credit where it's due because they were just kind of like, no, we're going, we're going to watch this, we're going to watch that. Like Jersey used to have like these small wrestling parties and we're talking small, like back of the rest, back of the rest, like restaurant wrestling, like that one TV in the back that would show it. And then you went home and then suddenly WrestleMania came um, to New Jersey for the first time to MetLife. Mm-hmm. And my friends were like, no, we're going. And I'm like, no, it rains in New Jersey. Who's going to go to WrestleMania? But it ended up being one of the best decisions I ever made. I got a cold the next day. It was the best cold that I ever got. I was in the Izon Center. Shout out to the Izon Center. Rest in heavenly peace. Because it was the last like big wrestling show in Izon where I watched Dolph Ziggler cash in his money in the bank. And people, we New Yorkers love oh. us Dolph Ziggler. We love him. Like we love, we like us some Dolph Ziggler. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, so it was a good treat to watch that. And then it just like kind of snowballed. Fast forward, um, I believe it's like the next two years or so. So you guys all know Patricia. I call her uh, Pretty P, a.k.a. Queen PR of those wrestling girls. She hits me up. And she's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, nothing. I was like, I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to watch WrestleMania because, again, I don't have cable. I'm not paying for that crap. And I was somebody who, like, literally watched it by herself the year before. And she was like, oh, no, you should come out to New York. They're doing, like, these wrestling viewing parties at this bar called Legends. And it's going to be <laughs> – it's hosted by this podcast called the Jobber Series Podcast. And I'm like, there's wrestling podcasts? So I'm just like <laughs> – I'm just like – it processing all the information. So you had me at bar, you had me at wrestling, you also had me at wrestling podcast. And then right. anytime to hang out with my friend Patricia is a great time. She's like one of my she's one of my bestest friends, to be honest. So anytime to hang out with her is a great time. So easily I'm like, all right, you got me. I'm influenced. I'm going. So I show up at this bar and I'm looking at this bar. And I'm like, this place is huge. And all these people are like packed in. And she comes downstairs and she gets me and we all go upstairs. And I still have the picture to this day because it was a really good night. And I ended up meeting all these amazing people that are just like, they're just as excited as I am to watch WrestleMania happen. And they're just like, they're just like really into it. And it was the WrestleMania where Kofi Kingston had won the championship because that year I couldn't go to WrestleMania because it was like, listen, it's too far. I'm not like, there's too much money. Like the homegirl was broke. So, <laughs> but to be like across the river, I had to go across the river for something that was already happening like 30 minutes away from me. So it was like, okay, it's it's still, it's a win's a win, you know? But to be in a room with all these people that finally got me, like I felt that, inner child in me that was excited when no one else was watching it and then to get to race to school and talk about it with her friends. But except now I don't have to talk about it with my friends at school because now I have people that I can have a face-to-face conversation with. And then you get people like, I remember somebody had said something to me and I can't remember the girl's name who was sitting next to me. And she told the guy to shut the F up and watch the show. So that automatically, I was like, oh, I'm home. Like, <laughs> Like, it, it was like, now to finally have people who have my back, and it's like, I also know how to carry myself a little bit better, so where I'm like, I could clap back at you, but I can also be smart about it, to where you feel like, okay, I should have probably never said that. So now I can handle everything way better, because I'm a lot older. 
My feelings don't get hurt. I just know that my stance, my stance, everybody has their own opinion on things. And that's just have to take it with a grain of salt because you're not an individual or unique person without having your own point of views, right? So that's just me in a nutshell. Like, I want to say, like, if I can give full credit where it's due, wrestling viewing parties kind of brought me back into what I love the most. And then you hear that all these independent shows are happening in New um, New York. And then, you know, like, again, credit to Jobber's Tears for hosting Jobber Slam. And, um, you know, I find out, like, literally 32 minutes away from me in Ridgeville Park, there's a mecca for wrestling. So then now I have that. So it just felt like, it felt like the 2000s again. And it feels great to feel like that. So... Yeah that's, that's, yeah, that's amazing because it's just like when you think about, you know, where you where you were saying how it seems like you were online in the earliest in its earliest form mm-hmm. of wrestling media like that. And mm-hmm. I can only imagine having to go through that. It's almost like what we go through now, except it's like minus a little bit. Right. And you have people, you know, constantly, you know, giving their opinions about things, you know, and then they think that they're always right. And then if you come in and if you're and like I was talking about earlier um, with someone else, it's just like, oh, well, it's it's a male dominated sport. And with it being a male dominated sport, the fandom is sort of male dominated, too. And if there's this woman here who's trying to speak out, it's like they can either, you know, accept it. Or they lash out in a very negative way. Mm -hmm. And I have gotten that before, but not in the sense of someone was thinking that I didn't know um, what I was talking about. But they were coming at me in the sense that I just brought up an idea, you know, in a fun way. And then they felt like that they felt the need to come in and say something as an expert and talk about all the ways of which it was a bad idea and went on to attack me and how I'm only going to have so few followers and so few listeners to my podcast. But then you fast forward two years later and look at me and where. Yeah, like looking at your interview with Teddy Long, I was just like, oh, that's the dream. Like (laughs) I was looking at all your interviews and I'm like, she literally has interviewed everybody that I would like. I didn't even want to interview you. I just want to sit down and talk shit. Like, I just want to sit down and just, like, <laughs> talk with you. Like, I don't want to, like, we don't got to record nothing. We could just, like, we can go get, like, a, a tea or coffee or, like, a hard, like, brew and just talk. Like, and you've done it. So it's just, like, looking at people like you who've had this platform and those wrestling girls and uh, Black Wrestling and Black Announce, all the all the people that I can think of that I follow that just go after it and they don't mind saying what they have to say and they don't care about who's hearing it, who's not. It's just like inspirational. And that's more of the draw that I have to watch and and be excited to the point where like P's like, oh, we're going to do this thing on Wednesdays where we just talk, we don't even have to talk about what happened on Raw, what happened on SmackDown. Let's just try and interact with people as much as possible. And I'm like, you get me a mic and a camera and a chance to talk to people, I'm there. So it's just like, all of you are inspirational. So this is the type of era where I wish I had, like I said, with the age of Thumblr and everything. This is what I wish I had back then because I guarantee you if I had this, I would have never felt like I needed to just push myself back. Like I probably would have had people like coming for my defense on Tumblr, like making sure that all these people got like called out the old fashioned way. So it just feels great now. It feels much better now to be in this space. It gets murky a little bit sometimes, 
but I like I said, I now know how I'm gonna handle it. Like I know how block works, like block, mm-hmm. block, block, block. So now we're good. Yeah, you have to be healthy and take care of yourself, you know, in that way and know who's good for you and who's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And definitely having a wrestling community full of people who are in your corner definitely does help. And in the moments where you're frustrated, you kind of just want to rah, you know, and just let stuff out. You know, it's good to have people like that who will listen. And it's clear that you found that, you know, even with you going to WrestleMania in New Jersey, which was a really cool WrestleMania, I remember. Um, And then seeing Dolph Ziggler in that cash in, like, I have a specific memory attached to that. Me and my boyfriend were long distance at the time, and he was on the phone with me when it was happening, and he loved him some Dolph Ziggler. So he lost his mind on the phone, screaming like, ah! He just lost it. So going through all of that, and then finding, you know, legends and finding your tribe and stuff like that. It's a beautiful thing. And then the friendship that you have with Queen PR, you know, who I admire along with Krista B. Um, it's just an amazing thing. And now, you know, you know, with your platform and with other things that there are certain things that are worthy of your attention and there are other okay. things that aren't. And it's good that you're learned that you've learned that I'm still learning it, you know, and all of the above, but you know, we're here and we're learning. So in learning more about you, um and your growth as a wrestling fan or just as a person period when did you decide that you were going to you know join the space and actually start um interacting with people in the wrestling space as you have because you i've seen you all do those wrestling girls and other shows and then you also have your your own platform on tiktok and stuff like when did you decide you were going to use your voice more often to lend to this wrestling space They're going to say, I don't even remember, to be quite honest with you. I don't remember when. I just felt like I had a sense of, like, I like to talk, in case you haven't noticed in, like, the last 30 minutes we've been talking. Yeah. Um <laughs> I get it. I love like to talk, too, so I get it. I love to talk. And, but what's more important is that I can only really talk if I get the sense that we're having a conversation because you want to be heard. Like I'm a very, as much as like talking, it's so hard sometimes for me to listen. Like I just grabs the importance of listening to something before speaking. So in an exercise to myself, I decided, you know what? We're going to do a lot more listening and a lot more watching before we keep even opening our mouths. But then I get into a space where people are asking me these questions that I've never been asked before. Like, like it, like Brian H. Waters is like the best at snapping me with a question that even I didn't know I had the answer <laughs> to. And I'm like, God, like God, how do you freaking do that every time? And it's just like, well, damn, now I got to come up with like a good formulated answer because I can't sound horrible and I can't sound weird. But at the same time, I know what I got to say is going to be great no matter what I say it. And I didn't realize all the things that I was saying people could relate, which I guess is the power of, of just being your authentic self. Right. Like uh, there's such a power in it and it in that's why I say I'm always careful because like it also comes with the level of energy. I have good rapport and good speech and good debate with people who give me 
good energy. And when the energy starts getting constructive, I can be constructive with you. Like I believe in the full power to agree to disagree. Like if you right. don't like, for example, if you don't think that like Candace Michelle should have been Divas champion, but I think she should have been women's champion. Me, you could agree to disagree because we're, we're going to see two different sides. What I can't get with and what I will never get with is if I'm agreeing to disagree with you, but you're still stuck on the fact that you I, I have to agree with you or what I'm saying is is absolutely the most disagreeable thing you could ever hear. It's like, that's where I'm like, no. Right. Nah. I'm, I'm just like, block. So with that, though, I'm a very... I'm somebody who hasn't been in the most positive of spaces even before wrestling. So positivity has always been the best thing for me to keep in line. But again, that's where you have to also learn, like, there's going to be people that also don't agree with you. And that's where it's like, okay, it makes everything much more interesting because now it's like, all right, well, I always thought this way. Let's hear it from somebody who didn't think this way. And then I started hearing from the sides of the people who didn't think that way. And I'm like, wow, this puts me also to learn something in a completely different perspective. Cause we're all, like I said, we're on the visuals and we're not always going to agree. We're not always going to agree on the same thing, but like finding a way to learn from what somebody else can see, I think is the most powerful thing that makes us humans and I like that type of chemistry so when it comes to like me you may not even agree on certain things that I say on this podcast that's fine but I just want to know like I'm always going to know I know why I'm always going to want to know what brought you to that point and I'm also going to want to know like how does it make you feel we cover those three things whether I agree on it or not again it was like all right we can agree to disagree or you know what now I can see your point of view that type right. of thing so yeah, and it's really good that you were able to do that because having constructive, you know, conversations with people or fun conversations with people when it comes to wrestling is always a fun thing. Like even before I started, you know, my own platform with this show, like I used to love, like I love talking to people about wrestling and certain things like outside of wrestling events, you know, here in the state and stuff. Like who's your favorite this person? Or why did you like this part of the show? Why didn't you like this part of the show? You know, let me see that belt. Like that's the kind of stuff that I like. <laughs> um to engage with when it comes to that you know like and when it's positive it's positive because you know at the end of the day we're all here because we love the same thing and it doesn't have to you know divulge into you know well i agree with this and if you don't then you're dumb and all this other stuff like it doesn't know, have to yeah it doesn't have to turn into that like it can just be okay let's agree to disagree like you say you know like you said and you know just understand that you have the right to feel how you feel because whatever brought you to that conclusion is very much valid to your life, you know, right. and it doesn't have to turn into that. And then it also doesn't have to turn into us, you know, gatekeeping information either. Right. Um, like if somebody doesn't know a whole lot about wrestling, you know, how else are they going to get further into it? If you're out here talking about how they should know this and yada, yada, yada. No, like you should have an inviting presence to it and, and it's funny yeah it's so funny you say that because like the word gatekeeping is just like how can you gatekeep something that's in your face so much like right now especially with the growth of AEW you have no excuse not to know what's going on if you don't know what's going on in a wrestling community especially like 
even before Endeavor, this deal with WWE happened and AEW was going on. There was, it was so in your face with wrestling being now a part of mainstream media, like these wrestlers becoming actors and these wrestlers, you know, going off and starting their own podcast and going on radio shows and all that. Like it's so in your face. Do we really have the power to gatekeep anything? No. No. I, I like somebody has said that to me when, you know, the whole Trinity um, thing went down when she decided to go to Impact and I was just like, oh good, now y'all want to watch Impact? And it kind of made like a joke of it, like, oh, now y'all want to watch because let's be real, like, I thought TNA, like, if we're talking about, like, not having access to cable, TNA used to, uh, Impact used to show on, uh, My 9 at, like, 4 in the morning, so if you stayed up till 4 in the morning before, like, a gospel infomercial, you were getting the recap of whatever was showing on cable TV, so I always knew about it. So, like, I'm like, well, all the people that know me know, or people that watched TNA back when it was like in its glory days, they know that TNA been lit. So like for Trinity to go there, it's not a big deal just because it's not as like big. The company has suffered like a, a, a main down, but the knockouts is where it's at. So I'm just like, oh, now y'all want to watch like, okay. I, people were just like, I know, right? Like it's been here. I can't believe people are surprised at Impact, but you always got that one person that's just like, oh, don't do that. Don't gatekeep. And I'm like, this is where the smart mouth comes in me. I'm like, okay, I'm too, I'm, I'm, I'm rich enough to buy a ticket to Impact, but again, I'm too poor to have the money and influence to keep you from watching Impact. And last I checked, gatekeeping is using your power, your money, or your influence to keep somebody away from something. I don't have that much money. Impact's on a cable television network that I don't own. I, all these things, you think that's the definition of gatekeeping? I'm sorry, but Mabry and Webster will tell you that's not what I'm doing. Um, but again, you get those people that are just like, you're doing this, you're trying to make people not watch the product. You know how many people were up waiting for Trinity to come online? Block. Like, what are you talking about? So that, I'm just like, if it's something, that, it's not to block because I know I'm not going to win. It was just like, okay, I'm not going to respond to this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just going to send you the definition of gatekeeping. And I'm just going to be like, listen, if you felt like I was gatekeeping, just, you know, read the definition before you use words like that. Because this is not a community. You can't gatekeep wrestling anymore. Like, I'm sorry. It's just a case. It's like, it's like a, it's not possible. You know what I mean? Like, it's not possible for me to tell you who Roman Reigns is and think, well, you can't watch WWE now because I just told you who Roman Reigns is. And you wasn't there when he was champion since day one. Yeah, that's not fair. I can't do that. I don't have the money nor the power nor the influence of it. And plus, there are there are more of people who love Roman Reigns who will gladly sit you down and tell you how amazing he is more yes. than there is just little old me that says, oh, now you want to, like, there's no way. So, like, even, like, that, that word gatekeeping, I'm just like, it's not... It's not possible. It's not real. That means if if you don't know who these people are, that means you're just deciding not to watch them. There's, that has nothing to do with me gatekeeping anybody because again don't have the power don't have that much money and i don't have that much influence to, 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 to do that like so that yeah. was a little rant but it's just like you know i just don't if it's something that i definitely cannot agree on is that like gatekeeping is just not a thing if you don't want to watch you don't want to watch you don't enjoy a person you don't enjoy a person and let's just everybody be in their own opinion so to speak yeah, absolutely. But, you know, in talking about you and your growth as a wrestling fan, you know, and your growth as a content creator, like what since I hadn't really, I believe 
by the time Mercedes and Trinity had left, we hadn't met yet. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you, you know, as a black woman, how exactly did you are you feeling about that evolution to them leaving and them becoming exactly who they are now and feeling more realized, you know, in where they are now with Trinity at Impact and with Mercedes at New Japan and Stardom? Like, how has that been for you? I can relate to it. Like, I'm always going to have. I'm always going to have a spot for those women as far as, like, I get it. Like, a lot of people want to sit there and be pissed at two people that went into a room and literally demanded that they be treated or looked at a certain way. Where, as someone who is a Black create a content creator, that's been my that's been my journey ever since I started content creating. Like, it makes no sense that even now I've gotten really heavy into like content creating and I've been now getting these deals as to where like I'm looking at the optics of like, why am I not being treated this way as opposed to this person? And it's hard not to do that. Um, but I've had people who have motivated me that no matter what, I still should put my foot in the ring because I'm just as entertaining and I'm just as funny and I'm just as creative as the next person sitting next to me. Don't let anything destroy distract me or discourage me and while it does get hard like I said sometimes not to be distracted I just have to keep in mind like I'm fighting for something that's worth it for me um if I don't keep that vision in mind I'm doing all this for nothing so when that whole thing happened I felt it on two specs one I'm somebody who left a corporate position or a full-time position because I felt like I wasn't valued for my, for my, because I, I'm somebody who's been, I could be told I'm intelligent all day and feel I'm intelligent, but if you don't treat me like I'm intelligent, I'm going to look at you like, so you were just blowing smoke and I don't feel right being around you. You've now made it seem like I'm only intelligent in this use. And I don't believe in that. I feel like I'm, I'm all or nothing. I'm intelligent 24, seven, three, six, five. There's ways that my brain works on the specs of like, this is how it works out. And if you don't have a viable solution for me and where it's not going to work out, I'm just going to execute the plan. So when they left and when I hear the rumblings of how they left, I'm like, I felt the exact same way. And it's not, it had nothing to do with being a women's, a, a tag team champion. It just felt like a normal day in the office as an African-American woman trying to be, use her intelligence to get to somewhere in life. And then people telling you, oh, because these specs that you have, you can't be in that room. I felt that. So for me, for them to leave, I was like, more power to them. Like, that's going to benefit them in the long run. And then also, the second thing I felt was, like, do they not know who they lost? Like, you didn't just lose two, you didn't just lose two, one chicken wing without a leg and one chicken without a foot. You literally lost the whole chicken. You lost the whole, like, what do they say? You didn't lose parts to the cow. You lost the whole cow. In my right. in my opinion, you didn't lose like parts. You, like you didn't lose one part of the package. You lost entire packages of people. And so I knew they would end up where they wanted to go because I've I heard interviews on Mercedes side to where she was like, "I'm not the type of person that's just gonna sit down and not do my dreams." Like I felt like she, if not Japan, she was gonna end up doing her own thing, or starting her own company even. So I felt like she's going to be fine with Trinity. I just felt like they really dropped the ball on her because she was somebody that was there since day one. I was excited from her since FCW. So I was like, I know for a fact she's going to kill it wherever she goes. And it's just about that. Like I said, if I feel like my talents are not appreciated in one space, 
it's gonna it's kind of like people call it like a checkout to where it's like all right i gotta now pull the wheel and see if i if i'm really needed here am i not needed here like and then my creativity starts to not be given to you as far as like i'm not gonna sit here and put all my energy into something if i'm not appreciated a certain way it sounds selfish but at the same time think of how much we have to fight like even you think of how much you have to fight to even get a sit down with somebody in a room uh, over people that are are told they're better than you or they think they're better than you or they think they have all these credentials because they've interviewed one person they think they have the right to step on you but you still get that interview like i feel like that's where it needs to be like i'm gonna like i know i'm not like somebody who's been in the wrestling space that long or i know i'm not like a, a rosenberg or like a even for example, or you or uh, uh, those wrestling girls, but it's like, I also have something to say and I also have questions and I also love to talk about it. I feel like I also deserve to be in the room when right. you put me in the room and I'm going to shine. What do you think I deserve to shine or not? And these were two ladies that went in there and they're like, we could take a title and we can make it really big if you let us. And people were basically telling them like, well, you have the title, be good enough with that. Like, why do we always have to settle? And that's, a, that's the third thing. I don't settle for nothing. Like if something doesn't work out for me, I'm going to go back to the drawing board, figure out how it's going to work out for me and then go back and execute that plan. I don't believe in you should just take what you have and run with it. I'm always going to find a way to excel and be my better self. And these women were basically being told, well, no, like shut up. And that's almost like a version of shut up and dribble. Like I hated that. Like people were so pissed about that comment for the basketball players, for men. But why is it when two women did it, it was like, oh, they're ungratefulness and that. They're basically told to shut up and wrestle. So you're mad at them because they decided that they weren't going to shut up and wrestle? Like, make it right. make sense. I'm not the type of person that's just, just like, if something doesn't make sense, if you're telling me to drink, you know, from the from the river instead of drinking smart water, and I'm like, well, I feel like the smart water is healthy. You're like, it doesn't matter. You're getting water. Just shut up and drink. That's not acceptable, and it should never be acceptable to anybody, regardless of race, gender, sexuality. It shouldn't be acceptable. Like you shouldn't just shut up and do it. Like if something makes you uncomfortable, say something. If you felt like, and I've had people say this to me, and I'm just like. So you're telling me basically I should just speak up and they're like, right, speak up. And then I spoke up and it felt amazing. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like for them, I would in that moment, I felt proud of them. Again, I had to tune out the internet because people were just like coming up with these ill, like literate, illiterate excuses as to why they should just accept it. And it's like, y'all realize when they were champions, they only had three matches as tag team champions, right? Like, that was the stuff they were trying to tell people and you guys are telling them that they should just appreciate something like that, where if it was somebody else that was barely defending the championship, you blow smoke up their ass. So it's just like, (laughs) it's because it's them, right? It has to be. It's no other way. There's no other excuse. It's just because it's them. I was proud of them all around the board. I'm happy where they're at. Listen, I'm going to tell people, listen, you should have been tuning into Impact a while ago, but now that Trinity's there, it's cool. Let's come on every Wednesday and talk about it and have a party about it. I'm with it. Like, Trinity is probably going to be in New Jersey pretty soon because New Japan Pro Wrestling is rumored to come over here. Listen, yeah. if you want to come and if you want to come and pregame in the backyard and then we all go together, I'm with it. But let's just keep it 100. Be proud of these women for standing up and it should be inspirational to a lot of people. 
it should be really inspirational to a lot of people because we don't get the chance to speak up and then do something about it ever. And it's just like, that's something I advocate all day. I'm like, I'm going to tell you something and you're going to take it or you're going to leave it, but you're never going to tell me it doesn't matter. That's what you're right. never going to be allowed to do ever. Right. And I absolutely agree with that, you know, because it's just like at that time, it, it felt like a whirlwind, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, if you like if you were working in media like that day, I just so happened to not go to work to my regular job that day. And then all of that was just a huge whirlwind of what do you think about this? It was a lot. Like It was but, just like... <laughs> like it was the biggest thing going and then it hit me out of nowhere because I didn't even watch Raw that night and I went to sleep early and then woke up and then all hell was breaking loose so oh, you yeah. can only imagine how I felt but either way it was just you know ever since it unfolded you know watching them succeed you know, has been, you know, a great blessing because I've always, you know, loved them and saw it for them regardless. So as as much as my heart was broken, you know, um, because I love the idea of seeing them to be champion and also Bianca be champion, like all three of them right there. Right. Like, and then you had Jay like win. Right. You had in my hometown right after. Yeah, and then it was gone. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be gone. I mean, their magic lives within them. It's not the other way around. Exactly. So to see them turn it around, you know, and take their talents elsewhere and then turn out to be and, and turn out to be exactly as excellent as we knew that they were and take it elsewhere has just been an amazing thing. Um, and hopefully, you know, in the future, it'll show that us as black women, you know, deserve to have our voices heard and our voices valued in these large platforms like this in and out of wrestling and just in corporate stuff, period. And I'm sorry that you went through that um, in the in the corporate space, but I am glad that you've risen above that and found your own voice. And yeah. in finding your own voice, I do want to ask you, like, outside of wrestling, you do have your own organization called The Well Minority. Um, and... In using your voice and your platform for mental health for brown and black people, what was your inspiration in creating that? And what has been the most rewarding experience that you've had from it? Um, so right now, when I started, um, I talk about it a lot. As far as like, again, we're trailing back to somebody who always was taught to have a game plan, execute that game plan, and have it be one of the best game plans we had out there. And sometimes life situations happen where that does not go according to plan. Um, and I'm a full advocate in that there are a lot of things. I could sit here and blame people that came into my life. I could sit here and blame myself. But at the end of the day, it became more or less of, I'm going to blame it on A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I'm like, you know what? What can I do about A, B, C, D, E, F, G? Like, do I sit here and panic that things didn't work out from work? Or do I sit here, take a breather, shut work off, go into my own mind control state and realize, you know what? Today was a bad day. We can always try again tomorrow. Let's do this so that it doesn't happen again. And it was very hard for me to do it at first. I'm very, I'm somebody that's very emotional. Um, I tend to react to things as they happen. So if, if something hurts me, it's gonna hurt me. Like there's nothing you could say or do to me that's gonna make it that's gonna make it at that moment. But what I had to learn to do as far as like my mental health goes, if something's continuously hurting me, I had to learn to not only it's not just about 
getting away from it. You also have to learn about the after effects of how it made you feel. Cause it's going to make you feel the type of way. It's a, if it's something that's traumatic, it's not a physical injury, but it's, there's also mental injury. And I think a lot of people don't understand that, which is what made me start the well minority podcast, like the, not podcasts yet coming soon. Um, made me start the well minority as a fact. Those was just like, I was trying to seek help and getting out and getting over my emotional traumas. And it was just not there for me. Like it was like, I would, I spent so much money on therapists that were just like, you have to get up and do this and do that and blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but do you really understand where I'm coming from as a African-American woman going through this thing? And I had three therapists that were just like, well, I don't, I had one therapist tell me they don't see that as the issue when clearly it was Ooh. the issue. I had another therapist telling me it was all in my head, basically, mm. and that there here here are five thousand different ways to overcome it, which does not help everybody. It did not help me in the end because it was it was getting out of a toxic situationship. Um, it was trying to learn to distance myself from that situationship that was hurting me, and that person was kind of just telling, trying to put. And the third one was trying to blow smoke up my ass again and trying to tell me like, oh maybe you should just try and make it work. And it's like, no, I can't make it work if I'm trying to get out of it. Um, and I land on my fourth therapist who surprisingly, she's not African-American, she's actually Latino. And she actually was the first therapist that was like, have you ever looked at something this way? Have you ever looked something that way? And she didn't just tell me that I should just do this, do that to get healthy. She more put the ball on my court. Well, you can go home and think of it this way. If you did it this way, or if you did it this way, think about how it's going to affect you and then act on that. And it, it helped me open up so many things, not only to like, this is how I want my therapist to talk to me or how I want a life coach to help me. But like, imagine how many people have struggled with getting mental health the same way I just struggled going through through four different people who did not help me at all. But finding that one person that did after all this, like it must be frustrating. So when I decided to start The Well Minority, it was going to be full on like ways of putting out how people can get help, the nonprofit way, or people, there's not everybody that can afford therapy, right? right. Finding ways that they can read books, or how to do this and who that. But then slowly but surely as I started talking about The Well Minority, I started getting my inbox flooded with a bunch of people that were like, hey, I heard you talk about the well minority. Is there anything for me in New York? Or is there anything for me out in like, I get asked about Alabama. I get asked about Florida. I get asked about all these places. They're like, where can I go? And so I took my time and finding all these resources for them. And then there are some times where I get it, like I'll look for this resource and people will come back to me and go, oh, that didn't work. Do you have anything else? I'm like, wait, this is supposed to be for us, how is it not working? So then it makes me deep dive into more. And I'm very thankful to this, if not only the wrestling community, but to my own community, because I even have people from the wrestling space that were like, hey, I have this friend who actually is a life coach and they could really, they're really here to help people. Here's their information and I'll add them and I'll come up with a game plan to spotlight them, which is what 
is going when everything comes back and when I finally get everything back to where it's supposed to be and clear my inbox, I'm going to start doing that, start highlighting the people in our community that are doing the work, that understand how we feel. Like, there's a lot of Black therapists that message me and they're like, hey, if you know anybody that needs help, I'm actually available. Like, here are my office hours. Here I do, like, hey, you are you doing any substance abuse work? I host a substance abuse space that's here or I'm on Zoom, I'm available, blah, blah, blah. So the outpour is what pushed me to keep going because honestly, the wall minority was going to be literally just that. I was going to list books that relate to Black mental health and list these nonprofits that, but it became so much more like I've actually, I've actually talked somebody out of um, ending their life recently. And that's what made me like, because at first I was going to stop. I was going to take a break because it's a lot to like remind yourself of where you used to be. Because I used to be in that thought process. Like a situation put me in that thought process where I felt like I don't want to be here no more. Let me just take myself out completely. But then like to hear that somebody was like, oh, this isn't working, this isn't working, this isn't working. I'm just going to like do what I want. I'm just going to do this. And then just for me to be able to be like, no, you're not doing that. And for me to go back and forth, the person, I'm not going to mention that person out of respect for them, of course, but just for them to be like, you know what? What if I tried this? And for me to be like, all right, maybe therapy is not for you. Do you know anybody that's a life coach? And then to have people come back and be like, this person's a life coach. They're on Zoom, but they help. And then to just keep checking on that person and making sure they're okay. I think that's more important than a bunch of clickbaity clicks on Instagram or like putting up all this content about like just about eating fruits and berries because not that shit doesn't work for everybody. Let's be real. Some people need people to talk to. Some people need a community of people that get it. And it's like, if I could be a part of that community that gets it, everything that's supposed to happen, I feel like will always happen. Like everything takes time. Rome wasn't built in a day, let alone a month or a week. So it just takes time for something like this. Like it's even gone back to the point where I've contemplating like, Hey, maybe I should enter the fray as a life coach because I feel like as somebody who likes to talk as much, I'm also somebody who loves to listen. Like I try, like I said, I try and see everybody's point of view. Not everybody will go through what I've been through, but I want to see how I can help in that space of helping somebody and how I can help somebody. So it's just like a lot of things. Also, this was therapy for me, the wall minority, because it was like, I had to maybe say some of these things. Like I just had a conversation with a friend about why people heal. Like, and I realized that over the years where I say I'm healing and I'm this and I'm that, and I'm being single. And it's like, was I really being doing this for me or was I doing it so that I seem better and healthy in front of people that I think matter if their opinions matter if I'm healed or not like you get what I'm saying like am I really healing because I need to do the internal work for myself and take accountability for all the things that may have caused this trauma to last within me or am I just doing it because I want to look fine and look perfect in front of other people that right there, that work in itself took time to where I was like, all right, I can't do nothing or post on a wall minority at all. And so I figure that crap out because if I'm just healing for everybody, I'm not really healing. I'm just sticking a bandaid over it and hoping that the blood doesn't run down my arm when I need to make sure I close this wound. It's very important to close all wounds. Like you can't stick a bandaid on everything. And I feel like a lot of people 
do that. Like with they say they're healing and really they're just sticking a band-aid on whatever was hurting them. Like a breakup. You're healing from a breakup. Why? Because you want to make sure that your ex can see that you're thriving. Or do you really want to show your ex that like, listen, you cut me bad and you did a lot and it's traumatic. So what right. I'm going to do is I can care less about what you think. I'm going to do this for me because I also want to make room for the next person who's not going to cut me the way you cut me. So that all that stuff and more, I plan on deep diving into it so bad. I have a big announcement coming up as far as like media space and where the page is going. So, but at the end of the day, even if it's just what I've been doing the last few months, which is answering inbox questions and people asking me where they can get resources, if that's what the well minority becomes, that's what it's going to become because I'm a big believer in higher powers and God. And I feel like you can always set a plan for something, but if God shows you, well, this way's working. So why don't we do it this way? And you can see it working. Like I, I got to answer the call. You know what I mean? Right. I have to answer the call. Right. And with you answering that call, it's abundantly clear. You are saving people's lives. Like, um, because there are so many resources that a lot of people don't even know that, you know, are available. And when it comes to black and brown people like this, when it comes to mental health, it's something that we, have either just straight up ignored or something that we sort of push off to the side because we try to work it away, you know, and push it away. Like, um, Solange said in her song, um, we try to just push stuff away all the time, but all of those scars are still definitely there, even though you try to like, you know, cover them up and stuff. So, and when it comes even in wrestling, like there are a lot of mental health, there have a lot of been, there've been a lot of people who we've lost, when it comes to mental health issues. And I love that you are using your voice for good in that aspect, that even in the wrestling space and outside of the wrestling space, you are saving people's lives. And even when it's hard for you, you know, because you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, you take your time and you fill yourself up so that you can fill others up. And that's something that I do admire about you and love about you so much. It's the fact that you take your time to, of course, get yourself together. But then after you get yourself together, you help others get themselves together, too. And I think that is wonderful that you're that healing presence um, in mental health and also in wrestling as well. Like, that's a really good thing. So... Um, moving out of that, and even with everything that you have coming up, you know, on the horizon, like I'm excited to see how it continues to grow and how it continues to thrive there. How do you feel about the state of wrestling now and what's good about it and what can be improved on? I feel like it's back. It's where I feel like we're finally back to what it used to be like as, as cliche as it sounds, I'm a little biased. I like that there was a Monday Night War. I like the Monday Night Wars. And like, that's why I say it's biased because literally we just talked about mental health. And but I like that. I like documentaries about the Monday Night Wars. I just I just read um, Nitro, which is talking about Ted Warner's WCW. So mm -hmm. I liked where it came from to where it was like, while it was more about convening with competing with Vince McMahon and his legacy and what he was trying to build. It was also just trying to give an alternative to like, not everybody was liking the product of WWE. Not everybody was getting the push they deserved in WWE, which is why people left. They went to an exodus. Some people were more greed, like 
you know, greedy about it. A lot of people were just like, no, genuinely, I need the challenge. And if you look, there were also like the territories. You had Canada had a territory. Texas had its own thing going on. You had, you know, like I said, Mexico, I feel like the, the wrestling's always been there. When you hear stories about Puerto Rico with Conan and all that stuff, like you hear different things were going on everywhere. But then everything kind of came to a close when Vince McMahon started pulling from territories and started pulling territories away. And it just became one big thing. And as cool as it sounds, it's actually boring. Like, who, like, you literally Thanos the wrestling community. Like, you made, like, it, it or anything, like, you literally made it, like, a one-stop shop for wrestling. Like, you, 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 you took out 50% of the population. We get it. Like, we get it. But, like, is it really that entertaining, though? You were trying to make yourself a sports entertainment company, which they've successfully done. That's fine. But you still have people that miss the good old days. Like, call it call it nostalgia, but, like, there was nothing wrong with what was anything going on before. Like, it was probably the same politics that's going on back then is going on now. Like, you hear these stories about certain things that are wrong with, the, with like, independent wrestling companies or how some people are getting pushed and then some people get pushed and the people that were there before get left behind. It's just the same thing. So it's like, listen, just like fashion, everything repeats itself. Like the same things that like right now, I know that being skinny, like how it was back in the nineties, back when we were younger is now coming back to fruition. Like we're like, we're halfway done with the BBL era. We're back in our skinny girl era. We're back to like flip phones and, um, tied bracelets and all that stuff. Like we're back on that because everything comes back into rotation. I think that AEW was needed to balance the universe, like the like to put it on its balance. And then, uh, like I said, we have everything that's going on here in New York. We have some stuff going down still in Texas. You have stuff going down in the South. You got stuff going on in Canada. You got stuff going on in Puerto Rico, Mexico, California. You got the UK now is starting to get a wrestling scene I'm hearing. So like, you need that stuff though. You need, and then like, who's WWE going to keep making factory wrestlers forever? Hell no. They need to pull people from places to tilt the balance so that they can have people who actually know what the hell they're doing and been doing it for a long time. So not to get away from the question, I feel like this is where it needs to be. Like maybe leave it alone. Like let it let everybody cook in their own restaurant instead of trying to make everybody go to the buffet. So just mm -hmm. let everybody sit where they're at so that everybody has something to be entertained about. Like not everybody's gonna want to watch WWE. It's fine. Not everybody's gonna watch AEW. That's okay. Not everybody's gonna wanna watch like Matt Cardona bleed like a stuffed pig at a GCW <laughs> show. That's fine. Like everybody to each his own. Like just let things be where they're at let everybody have where they are let everybody enjoy what they want to enjoy like if i want to go to wwe one day i want to go to a house of glory show the next day let me do that but as a wrestling fan this is the space that people have been hearing like their their uncles or their their grandmother or their mother talk about when yeah. they used to watch wrestling back home like let us have that like let us have that in this moment in time and if it has to go away again, it goes away again. What are you going to do? But at the same time, I feel like people appreciate this a lot more because now the window and the door is open, even for us as podcasters or like for the Steph Hardy's, for the Hardy Pod wrestling podcast of the world or the Jobbers Tears or the, you know, re wrestling wind down or women's wrestling talk. Like 
now there's more of a space for us to finally be included in this space and the door is breaking open to where like being a podcaster and talking about wrestling well, at one point was not it. Like the only, you only had one person talking about it. And that was a guy who kept hundred papers in his office. His name is Dave Melser. And he put out this little newsletter and now you have somebody, all right, who else is thinking this way? Like everybody's peeking each other's brains. I feel like this is the perfect balance in the universe granted there's some some there's some rotten apples here but you're gonna have rotten apple you're gonna have rotten strawberries in a batch of strawberries you can't avoid that either take them out and wash the rest of the strawberries away or you just pick a different batch of strawberries that's it right absolutely and it's so funny you brought up you know how wrestling now is sort of like how it was back in the day and it just reminds me of how uh, my grandma um god rest her soul used to talk about how she would go and sneak out of church, you know, and go to the Batwell Auditorium and watch wrestling and watch the people, you know, all the OGs of wrestling back in the day, downtown Birmingham and stuff. And it's just, that's kind of how it is now. Like, everybody can't be Walmart. Everybody can't be, you know, the big places. Everybody can't be the mall. But my thing is, you know, there are these small businesses that can still give you, you know, what you're into and what you love, you know, and just can't necessarily be the big thing all the time, but there's still value in it. And I'm so happy that, you know, there are wrestlers who can find other ways to thrive that way and not necessarily feel like they have to go to the big place right now, even though that might be what they're working towards eventually. You know, there's still other places where they can go and they can work and get their reps in and stuff like that and feel like they have a sense of belonging with the fandom that comes to see them. Like, I'll never forget going, the first indie show I went to was the first indie was the first show I ever called action for as a commentator. Nice. And yeah, and it was for and it was for the Belladonna division. And that was the first indie oh show God. I'd ever done. And and you know, just seeing wrestling in a in a contained space with a bunch of people who does who does love women's wrestling came to see that show mm-hmm. was really, you know, emotional and really good for me because it's just I had always seen wrestling on the grander scale and on the bigger scale. I'd never <laughs> seen it on, you know, the small scale or not even a smaller scale, but just on the scale of independent stuff. And so being a part of that and being exposed to, you know, different women who I hadn't really heard of before or being exposed to women that I had seen on television before. And now they're here working this event and I'm here working this event, too, was just an amazing thing to experience. It's like you see how it grows and grows. And wrestling is a very, you know, vast universe to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And it deserves to be that vast again. You know? And, it does. Yeah. And people's dreams deserve to be, you know, you know, pursued in a big way in that way. So I really does hope it stays that way. So to sort of end it, you know, on a fun note, who would you say is your top Five wrestlers of all time. Oh my god. Um, male, female, or non-binary. And they put, don't have to be on TV either. But I put yeah. my head down because I don't like this. <laughs> it doesn't I hate. Have to be in a specific order. Does it really? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh man. Okay. Oh, I really hate lists. You have no idea. <laughs> I was not not that, but it's just like. Full disclaimer, I don't like 
and people say, oh, you can't be Switzerland. Listen, Swiss Switzerland is beautiful, first of all. Like, I don't like forgetting people. Mm -hmm. So, Jesus Christ. It's going to be a little hard. It's okay. So, we're going to go. You said top five. Yes. Okay. So, if I had to pick somebody who's on the up and coming as a favorite is Willow. Nope. Willow Nightingale, who we met. She's awesome. Um, if I had to pick someone female-wise, Lita will always have a special heart place in my heart. Jazz will always have a special place in my heart. Um, Male-wise, and, and I don't know who's going to like me. I really don't care. I am a CM Punk fan. He's my guy. Like I said, Ring of Honor. I'm de I'm devoted to that. So that's my guy. And then if I had to pick like a tag team right now, that's like one of my favorites right now. I'm a huge. I am a fan of the Street Profits, even though because mm -hmm. th those are one of those tag teams that people are gonna be like, well, did you know that Montez? I don't care what Montez was doing before he went to WWE. I like the Street Profits. Leave it alone. But I am also a fan of FTR. So that will probably round up. My favorites. I'm a huge fan of FT. I'm a huge fan of FTR. The theme music, the aura. People might think differently, but then again, it's just me. And then I, I am a part. I am like a silent member of the Roman Reigns, the the, the day ones. I I I stick my finger up religiously. Don't care. I'm a fan. There's nothing you could say to me about him that's wrong. I won't get violent on you because I know there's people that will, but I am a fan. So that that's gonna round it up. Like I'm just more of a fan of the sport. So for me to have a list is kind of like ugh, like I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a choice every single time. But I'm devoted to those people because those are people that kind of broke like a barrier to me that stick out to me. So I like people that stick out to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna Yeah. And then I have to give an honorable mention to Booker T because you talk about grandmothers. So I had a grandmother who's an immigrant. Like she came from Liberia, only knowing one language and a little bit of English, right? So when I used to watch like wrestling, she used to be in the room and it's, she used to root for The Rock and Booker T so hard because obviously, you know, they for us. So <laughs> one time she's watching like Booker T go up against Test, and she's pissed as hell that Test won, and she's like, mm, "Stupid, all oh, stupid." And so I realized that my grandmother was like paying attention. Like, my grandmother loved jazz. My grandmother was like, "Oh yes, strong woman." Like, my grandmother could not speak the best English, but when you put on Booker T and jazz for her, oh, she was rooting for them. She's like, "Beat him, beat him." And then she used to when she used to see Booker T get like pushed down. She's like, "No, get up." Get up, get up, get up. So, like, mind you, this is a this is a the like skinniest African lady talking about watching wrestling. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, my grandmother does like she what is she reacting to? And I'm realizing what's going on. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, grandma, I'm watching SmackDown. I'm like, can I watch it? And she's like, No, she can't speak English. <laughs> so I'm the same grandma, because my grandma did the same thing. Yeah, and when I there was any black person on. She was going to root for the black wrestler always. And when I was a kid, I used to not like, I, I understood, but then not fully understood. But now that I'm older, I definitely get it. So it's just like, did we have the same grandma? I feel now? like we did. So in like, a secondary story, that's funny. Um, Remember, they, I don't know if you're familiar with TNA and the X Division. Yeah. So this is back when Kenny King 
was like ruling the X Division. And so I was watching an uh, X Division match one time, and it was a spot where he got yanked off the top rope. And all of a sudden, like, again, you see my skinny ass grandmother just stand up and get pissed about it. I'm just like, oh my God, like, <laughs> grandma, it's okay. She's like, no, get up. He got to get up. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, rest in peace to my grandma i list her so dearly but it's just like one of those memories i have with her like my parents even remember it, and they're like oh your grandma used to always root for those people like my grandma used to always root for the people that were for us and those other people just she was just pissed with them like she doesn't she did she was not a she was not a test fan she was not a jbl fan either she didn't like that he turned oh, no. on and like she loved her some ron honey loved her some ron simmons honey oh, whenever he then- was tagged in she was excited and then don't let my grandmama hear JBL call himself a wrestling god. Oh my god. Oh no. Not down here in the south. No, not her. Uh-uh. <laughs> she used to hate that. She was like, how dare you call yourself a wrestling god? All that blasphemy. Like, it's over with. She used to hate that. And I hated it too, because, you know, I'm a church girl. So I hated it too. But she used to come out real strong with it. Like, nah. Like, you ain't yeah. gonna do that. Like, my grandmother was not for it. And then the rest of the program, <laughs> and for people weren't on there, she wasn't tuning in. She was, it was back to the sewing board. It was back to like braiding my hair. But like, guaranteed, if she heard like the rock theme music, the braiding would stop and she would peek to see who was fighting. Oh, she was not happy about Brock Lesnar either. She was not a Brock Lesnar fan. And it's weird because I'm a Brock Lesnar fan. Cause like I was watching him again during SmackDown, the ruthless aggression era. But she was not a when, when he took that title off of him, child. She was not happy. She was not a Brock Lesnar stand. Should not stand him. She was I a rock fan. She, her favorite movie was The Scorpion King. Her mm-hmm. second favorite movie was Walking Tall because he was walking in with guns and all. Child, I think we had the same grandmother. I really think we did. Maybe I'm Liberian <laughs> and just don't know it. Listen, the, it's, it's a country that slaves went back. Maybe you are. Maybe we maybe we came know. across the coast and met paths somewhere. We got to listen. Our ancestry DNA, I have a discount code. We can figure this out, Steph. I, I think we can. <laughs> yeah, we can. Because I've, I've, I've been wanting to find out for years now. So I, I need to know. I need to know. But yeah, Um. so thank you for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. No, this was fun. Yeah, this was really fun. So is there anything in wrestling specifically that you're excited about this on the horizon? Um, I will be attending my... I'll be attending a lot more shows. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the... We've, we finally got our ish together. I'm going to say that for the YouTube. Um... We want to do a lot more things as far as like enjoying wrestling because I feel like I didn't get a chance to really enjoy being a spectator, being a fan. I just came off of watching my first AEW show. Mm-hmm. We went to um, Full Gear, which was here in Newark, mm-hmm. which was fun. Um, I'm hoping they start bringing more shows back to Jersey. I don't know what's going on, but until then, just expect <laughs> to see me in a lot more independent wrestling shows. Um, I always talk about the Mecca. If anybody here is from Jersey, please start going to Ridgeville Park. It is a really interesting shows going on over there. The the like New York is starting to pick itself back up. Um, shout out to all my people at House of Glory. If you're familiar with House of Glory wrestling up here, please do attend the show. And just so more and so forth. But until then, you can catch me on Wednesday doing hood rat wrestling things with my hood rat wrestling friends. That's that's where I'm at. And then, of course, um, 
I'll do the right thing is coming up. I will be there in, a, in attendance. Um, do the fight thing from Battle Club Pro. I am a big advocate of Battle Club Pro up here. So I will be at that show. Um, don't be afraid to come to me and say hi. And drop your Twitter names because if I don't know your real name, I'm not going to know who you are. And you're going to walk up to me. I'm going to be like, who are you? But drop your Twitter name so I know who you are. Or say your Twitter name so we can hug and be cool and have this more in-depth conversation because I'm, I'm welcoming. So. But yeah, I'm, a lot of good things happening for me this year. And I'm not just saying that because I feel it. I'm saying it because the groundwork that's being put in. I know for a fact a lot of good things is going to happen. You just know it. Absolutely. And I definitely agree <laughs> with you. And for that. you too, Steph. Oh, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. I, I received that into the atmosphere. I, I received that. <laughs> so just tell everybody where they can find and follow you. Okay, I'm gonna do my. I'm gonna do my. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna do my outro for fan club if you don't mind, because I'm so used to it by now. So it's your honorary wrestling girl, Seattle B. You can catch me on Instagram at reload.relive. You can catch me also on Twitter at reload via film. Same thing with TikTok at reload.relive. That's dot relive. Don't forget the dot. Um, you can also catch me on YouTube where I'm going to be doing daily vlogs about just being me, no niche needed, uh, on YouTube at reload.relive. You can catch me on Wednesday with three of the bestest friends that anybody can have with TWG, those wrestling girls. Shout out to them on their Twitch and now on YouTube. Um, for every Wednesday with fan club, check out everything else they have going on over there. You can probably pop up on me, watch me pop up on more awesome podcasts like the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, <laughs> uh, <laughs> more often than usual. But uh, yeah, and I always try and be more positive in my outro. So, Steph, I want to thank you so much for still thinking of me and having me on your platform. I know you can interview anybody else. Um, I've been waiting for this moment. We've talked about it for so long. It feels real. It feels good to be here, to be with somebody who relates it. I'm going to say a prayer tonight to my grandmother above that you are a librarian so that you can come <laughs> over and have some gel off one day if you come back into the area. But again, I just have to thank you and thank everybody who came on. I'm, I'm blessed. That's all I can say. <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, if you ever want to come back, you know, just shoot me a message and we'll make it happen. Okay? Definitely be back. Definitely. Be yeah, back. definitely. <laughs> and of course, you know, you can follow me, your girl, Stephanie Hardy on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy and listen to the show everywhere you get your audio podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, where you can go back and watch this interview um, tomorrow and you can listen to the audio of this interview probably tomorrow too. You know, I'll put it up on tomorrow if not tonight because i'm a workaholic but yeah um there's that and that also um be on the lookout for my other two interviews that i have um which will be live this week with hearts from talk of champions and uh, raven brianna from tiktok so i'm so happy to have lots of these um lots of conversations coming up in this season of the hardy wrestling podcast and of course check me out on women's wrestling talk on mondays on the wow after show and on fridays on the Smackdown After Show with Dreon Santana, our editor-in-chief, and on the Wow After Show with Katrina of Cat We Trust and Emily Mae Heller. But until next time, this is the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with the girl Stephanie Hardy. Thank you to all of those who came on and watched. And of course, this is me, Stephanie, with the end all. And until next time, bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.